my my buddy from from Canal Fulton, he dared me to run a hundred miles the day of that race that that I was going to run that race, and I ended up running. So it's not it's nothing official, but you'll if you look on Strava far enough back, you'll find a thirteen twelve. I did. I did find it because I heard mention uh, of a Corona solo hundred. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we'll be talking with a young man by the name of Arlen Glick. Arlen is 28 years old, and uh, he's kind of come on the scene just blazing. He's fast. And when I say fast, his 100-mile PR was at Tunnel Hill in November, 12 hours, 57 minutes, and 11 seconds. Yeah, you heard that right. Then he followed that up with a win at Umstead in 13 hours, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. It was fun getting to know Arlen. Um, I he, He's not on social media. You hear us talk a little bit about why he's not on social media. I had to track him down on Strava. Uh, but he's a well-grounded young man, and uh, he is just working right now to see what kind of God-given potential uh, is inside of him and he's going to continue to run and just uh, I think he's going to continue to smash races and even get faster as he has more time in the sport really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I think you enjoy it too and before we get started man we got to talk got to talk about our sponsors so the first one is the Outlaw Race Series. Guys, you've heard me talking about it. Man, you've got to sign up for these races. They are, they sell out um, because they're good races put on by good people. And so go to www.outlaw100.com and you can see all of their races. There's the Flat Rock Triple Crown um, in January, in April, and September. In April is the Flat Rock 101. You need to check that out. There's also the one I will be at when this podcast is released is the Lake McMurtry run in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You need to check that out, uh, I guess for next year, because it's too late for this year. But it's a great run. Ran it a couple years ago. Looking forward to hanging with everybody tomorrow and running the 50K. There's also 100K there, too. And it goes all the way down to the 5K. Also, Flower Moon in Pawhuska in May. Should be there, too. The Dark and Dirty in Wilburton in July. I'll probably be there, too. The Thunderbird in Norman in November. And... Of course, the flagship race, the Outlaw 100. There are distances at 135, 150 mile, 26.2, uh, half marathon, and 5K. Man, you need to check all of these races out. Go to www.outlaw100.com. Tell them Run the Riot Podcast sent you. Uh, we're also brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa www.runnersworldtulsa.com if you are in the area you can stop by the store and listen you want knowledgeable staff you want to you want some help with what kind of equipment you need man they will help you and and sell you what you need Uh, not just something that you you have to have man they will those folks will help you out they've got shoes they've got packs they've got nutrition socks clothes I mean if if you need it for for running a 5k to ultra marathon they've got it and they are awesome people so check out runners world tulsa and uh, lastly t8.run the letter t the number eight dot run gear for ultra runners by ultra runners and their flagship product are those commando shorts that are guaranteed to keep you chafe free and if you go you use the code 50 the number 50 dash run the riot 
and you get a discount. And speaking of discounts, be listening for right in the middle somewhere during this podcast. Uh, there's going to be an advertisement for the Screaming Monkey 100. And uh, there's a discount code for it, man. It's a 10% discount. So be listening for that. And uh, before we get started, I just want to encourage you, if you would, if you enjoy the podcast, man, it would help us out tremendously if you would go to iTunes and rate the podcast. If you like it, give us a five-star rating. Uh, leave something you like about one of the episodes or or anything like that, and just uh, it helps us with with ratings and getting the word out. Because uh, when people listen to the podcast, man, they find value in it. So I'd appreciate if you do that. And if you want to partner with the podcast, uh, you can also click on the Patreon link at www.runtheriot.run. And uh, man, just a couple bucks a month. But if everybody gives a couple bucks a month, and it adds up, and it helps pay the bills because it, it kind of costs a little bit to, to do the podcast. But, uh, you know, I love it and uh, I'm going to keep doing it whether you do that or not. But I'd appreciate if you did. And I do appreciate those of you who have uh, partnered with the podcast with Patreon. All right, man, we got we got some stuff to talk about. We need to talk about this speedy guy named Arlen Glick. Check it out. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, I am pretty excited to have uh, a 28 year old from Ohio who's been crushing it. And, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, Arlen, I don't know a whole lot about you, man. So we're going to have fun. (laughs) So Arlen Glick, (laughs) how you doing, man? Yes, I'm doing terrific. Yes. Having a having a great time here. Excited to be with you here. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. And uh, so I like I like to, you know, before we do, a, I do a podcast uh, with somebody. I like to, you know, get out and kind of do my homework and stuff. And man, you're like, it's hard to find any information about you on the Internet, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have uh, social media like Strava is the only thing I have. So you might not find much out there about me, um, but I, I do exist. Um, <laughs> I, I am here. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm thankful you had you had a Strava because that that's where we were able to connect. And uh, man, I appreciate you just yeah. just uh, you know uh, you know agreeing to be on the podcast because uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about about visiting with you, man. Um, well, so you're from Ohio, man. Tell me tell me a little bit. Who are you? Tell me a little bit about you, man. Uh, you from Ohio originally? I, yes, born and raised in Ohio. Um, I don't know, three, four, five generations, um, lived, yeah, same place my whole life. Uh, still, still live at, at home with my parents. Um, okay. and yeah, I grew up around Ohio. Um, if you're, if you're inquiring about my running background and how I wound up in the ultra scene, yeah. um, I could give you a, a real quick, uh, kind of, uh, peek into the past. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so never, yeah, never had any, any interest in, in running other than, you know, when I got to be eh, late teens, early twenties, I started, uh, just for the sake of health, um, just to started trying to run a little bit here and there and trying to, yeah, just trying to stay healthy as I was, I was getting older and, and, uh, yeah. So started just a hobby jogging did that for a few years and, um, 
finally I decided I wanted to run a marathon. Um, people had talked about this, didn't even know what, how far a marathon was, <laughs> but I knew it was, I knew it was 20 something. <laughs> and nice. so I, I, I trained, but of course with no coach or no experience, not even for running friends, I didn't even have any friends that ran really. So mm-hmm. just started, you know, going out there and pounded the pavement. Um, and dealt with, you know, different issues with, with having <laughs> zero knowledge for trading. Um, but yeah, the more I, the more I ran, the more I liked it. And finally I, I, you know, one day I'm like, man, this is just a whole lot easier than I perceived, uh, running to be. And so, yeah, I started, uh, getting into it more and more, um, but had no, no desire to run on a competitive level. Um, I was, uh, uh, homeschooled and so, we weren't in, in sports. And so, you know, it wasn't competitive, you know, it was just not to my interest at all. Yeah. Um, but finally I signed up for a race. A, f- a friend of mine said, Hey, there's, they're doing a race, a little fundraiser trail run, um, signed up. And that's kind of when things started igniting, but yeah, it took uh, quite a few years of building on that and finally did conquer my first marathon. Um, and then took basically one step a year um, after that, like went from the marathon next year, did a 50 K the year after that did a 50 miler and then up to the hundred miler. Um, and yeah, the, the further I went, the better I, the better I did. Huh. Um, but, well, tell, yeah, tell, so tell me about your, your, your first marathon. I mean, jumping up in your first <laughs> marathon with, you know, kind of just, you know, winging it and training and everything. How, how'd that go? How'd you do? How'd it feel? <laughs> Well, my first one I did, I, you know, I, I, the first one I did, I actually just ran the distance. Didn't even, didn't even, uh, and I don't even, I didn't even have a a GPS watch or anything. I just went out and did, I knew point A to point B was about two and a half miles. And I did however many times back and forth (laughs) to get to the 25. And then I did an estimated add on. Um, and it was slower than hang. Um, just, yeah. yeah, but you know, got, 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 got the distance done. Yeah. Um, did manage to sign up for a marathon that fall, um, and then got injured and because, you know, yeah, I just didn't know anything about running at all. So, uh, ended up getting injured and, and couldn't run that one. So I waited a whole year. Um, and then I was actually trained pretty well. I think I was maybe peaking out around 50, 60 miles a week when I ran my first marathon, yeah. um, ended up, ended up running like three Oh four, um, which yeah. is, you know, respectable considering what I put into it. Oh yeah. And first, um, mar- first marathon. It's yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, <it's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very happy with it, yeah. um, but you know how it is. The better you are at something, the more desire you have and the more pressure to, push it harder. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, how did you, how did you, after you did that, the, the first one, um, how'd your body respond? How'd you feel, you know, uh, were you hurting? Were you pretty good or? Yeah, it wrecked me. Um, <laughs> pretty bad. I can remember running through the finish line and my sister was there and I can, I, I, whatever, I've had too many miles between now and then to remember all the details, but I do remember yeah. I come through and the, the exhaustion that I felt was unmatched by anything I've done in the past. And I can remember going over and sitting down on a curb and 
just, just almost laughing at how, how bad I hurt. And my sister said, do you want me to help you over here to a chair? And I said, you wouldn't believe how comfortable this curve is (laughs) (laughs) because you know, when you hurt so bad and, and when you're on your feet and everything for that long, like just anything, but standing or running, it feels so good. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how things went. Um, I think I did run another trail marathon a few weeks or months later, uh, maybe six, eight weeks later, um, a trail, yeah, a trail marathon. Yeah. So I, I mean, recovery was pretty decent in that respect, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Anytime you up the distance and, and you, and you push yourself and you, and you try to do your best, you know, cause you can go and just kind of wing it and go real slow, but anytime you push it, uh, it's like, Oh, this is, this is new. This is, this is a new. Pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was what was completely different about my first one, you know, doing it in a non-race atmosphere. Um, I didn't suffer nearly as bad. Of course it wasn't an impressive time or anything. The first, you know, when I did my own, marathon is when I was actually pushing because I mean, obviously if you're running uh, around three hours, it's a pretty competitive group of guys you often can get with. And I think a guy passed me at like just a, just maybe a hundred meters before the finish line at that race oh, too. Man. So I definitely was, I definitely was leaving it all out there and then a little bit more that I didn't have. But Uh-oh. yeah, it was a fun experience. That's awesome. So, uh, this is a little side story. I have, uh, one of my finish finishing photos of, of a marathon is me sprinting at the end. And a guy behind me, has got his face, like, like looking at me, like I'm crazy. And cause I was, I was trying to out sprint him at the end, you know, for age group or whatever. And then when I went and looked back at the, um, the times because of the, uh, cause we start, you know, a marathon, you, you don't start at the same time. There's a, there's a, a gap there with this chip time. His chip time was, still yeah. faster than mine even though oh, even though I, sprint, yeah. I beat him and i and i was i had a good gap ahead of him but he was still ahead of me i was like oh man <laughs> yeah that's that's always that's always just a, a a crazy uh incidence if that happens yeah um i had it with of course with covid it's very common now to have races start in waves and like i had a, a i don't know how to describe it but the most surreal moment in running was probably due to a staggered start earlier this year. Yeah. Um, when I was, I was doing a hundred miler and ended up, yeah, I knew the gap was very close, but I didn't know how close. And and yeah, you want to find a gear that you don't have. You just put a guy, you know, in a position where he's not sure if he's going to win or not. And he's not going to know until after, you know, a few minutes after he gets done and Uh yeah, you'll, You'll find a gear that you didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Just mess with your head, man. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you so so and and oh, shout out to homeschool. I homeschooled my uh, we homeschooled our two oldest daughters for a while, uh, and so you know I oh that's great. I, I, I believe in it. It's 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 good. It's it's a good. It's you know it, it has it has its 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 pluses. So uh, I think it's yeah a good thing. yeah yeah I, would, I uh, yeah being being of course I'm 28 now. Um, yeah. but being homeschooled, he's tell people I wouldn't have had it any, any other way. Um, so yes, for sure. Yeah. It's got, it's definitely got its benefits, but so, so, but, but, you know, because of that, you didn't, you didn't do sports and stuff. And, and so, but you kind of hinted that, that when you did a race, that little 
that little competitiveness. And I listened to the, 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 you know, I listened to part of your, one of your uh, Ridge Runners uh, podcasts and, and I could tell there's, there's a, there's, there's some competitiveness there. And so, so that sparked something in you when you started running those, running the, the, the actual races, right? It, it did. And to be honest, I am probably the least competitive uh, person in our family. Um, so I, when it comes to competitive, that competitive nature, I don't have it. Like sometimes I wish I could reach back and grab it, but I have to be very intentional about it. Okay. Um, but like my first race I ran, I ended up winning the race. And so that was more what I, I was like, what have I been doing? Like, this isn't necessarily something that I just, you know, thrive on being a, a non-competitive type of personality. But like when I, when I won, I'm like, well, I don't know where this stacks up or anything. Like I had no clue, but I'm like, I come out and ran, ran my first race and won it. And I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Like, where's the limit? Like what, what am I capable of doing? So it wasn't so much that competitive uh, drive. It was more the drive that, you know, where have I been? What, what have I been up to um, that kind of drove me forward? Well, um, on the, on the podcast here, we do, uh, I do a midweek motivation, not every week. Um, but one of the things that, that, that I've talked about before was, and I've talked with others is, is about, you know, I believe God's put potential in us. And when we, you know, start to get a glimpse at, at what we're capable of, it kind of, you know, it sparks something there and it's like, okay, like, and like for me, like somebody, why do you go run hundred miles or 200 miles? It's like, well, cause I, it's something still in there. You know, I want to see how far I can go or what I can do, you know? And, uh, so I think it's, I, I, I don't know. It sounds like that's kind of the spark that, you know, that, that ignited in you. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Um, I've often said when I see somebody that has a lot of talent, whether they sign up for a 5k and do no training and end up running, you know, 18 minutes or something crazy. I always am like, man, it's a shame that they don't have the desire to do that because it's like, it looks to me like a waste of talent. But uh, like you say, God has a, a, a plan and a purpose for each of us. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important that we, that we follow his leading. And, and, you know, I felt more compelled to run by God's leading than I did by a desire to do it. Mm. Um and so it's, you know, after a year, you know, a few years of journey and having a lot of ups and downs. Um, I mean, I've dealt with injuries. Like I said, my first marathon, I had to, to wait a whole nother year. Yeah. Um, so we, and I think we all go through those things as runners. Um, we've all been injured if you've done any amount of running. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's things that, that drive us, drive us forward and, you know, beat us up. We, we take a few steps back and we're like, wait, where, why are we doing this? And then, yes. and then we're back on our feet and back at it again. So well, yeah, it's when an you, exciting sport. Yeah, man. And when you're pushing, you know, I mean, we're pushing your body to the limit, I mean, you're, you know, it's pretty extreme and you, you kind of find out where that, where that governor is, but you got, you have to experiment to find out where it is in training and, 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 and racing, you know? And so it's, it's toying with that. And, and we find out a lot of times by, by injuring ourselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how I learned. I mean, I would have never learned how to, to, uh, you know, deal with injury, uh, earlier on, I thought I had a cap at about 50, 60 mile a week. Um, and, like that's, it was so far from true for me, but it took me, 
about five years to learn how to prevent injury to where now it's like, it almost feels like uh, time is the biggest factor. Like I can, I can do a ton of running without getting injured now. And it's like, wow, I can't believe just what baby steps, how many steps you can keep taking as long as you just take baby steps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, once your body, you know, our bodies are amazing the way they adapt to mileage, you know, where, whereas 50 miles, when you first start is probably, you know, you can't just jump up to 50 miles. That's when you get injured. But when you start your body adapts and gets used to it, man, you can throw down some, some serious miles and your body's like, yeah, bring it on sucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I ran my first marathon, I thought that was the granddaddy of all uh, distance challenges. Like, I had no perception as to, I mean, I had never even known a marathoner. Um, and, and then, you know, I think it was shortly after that, I learned to know some people, you know, some runners and found out, and then people were talking about running, you know, 50 or a hundred miles. And I'm like, you're kidding. Like people actually do that. Like that. How is this even like uh, possible? How can the human body do that? Yeah. Um, but it was very intriguing though, for me to, to hear that and yeah, now to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you graduated for, uh, graduated, uh, you just, you, 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 did, you did your, you did your, uh, your marathon and then you said you was kind of a year that, you know, then you did a 50 K and then, um, then, then you jumped up. What did you, you did you do hundred K after that or 50 or 50 miles at hundred K? I went from the 50 mile to the hundred mile. Okay. Um, yeah, I did the, the Mohican 50 miler in, uh, I want to say like 2017. Okay. Um, and I did all right. Uh, it was about 95 degrees that day. So it was yeah. a super hot, hot trail race. Um, and then I jumped, yeah, from the 50 mile. So I did a 50 K after the marathon and then a year later did the 50 miler. And then a year after that, I went straight to the hundred miler. Nice. Um, so, so, so tell me about, okay. Wh which one was your first, uh, what was your first hundred miler? I don't remember. I have notes uh, here, the, but I don't have it on there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Eagle up hundred miler. It's okay. where I did my first, my first 50 K. So, okay. uh, that would have been, I'm thinking like, let me think it was like 16. I ran my, my, uh, in 2016, I ran my 50 K and 17, my 50 miler. And 2018, I think would have been my first hundred miler. Um, and yeah, if, if you want me to dive into that one a little bit, um, yeah, yeah, I, I want to give I wanna, you a quick, yeah, because is that, is that a, is tell me what that, I, I'm not familiar with that race. Is it what, 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 what is a trail? Is yes, it? it's no, it's, it's uh it's a local one. It's only 10 minutes from where I live. Okay. Um, definitely look it up. It's, it's called the Eagle up ultra. Okay. It's, it's growing fast. I was, I'm good friends with the race director. Um, he has a, a bike shop in a, in a, you know, a neighboring town and <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a great race. It's growing fast. I think he just told me they capped it at 900 this year, um, <laughs> but it's a 20, it's a 24 hour event on a five mile loop and it's, it's like tow path. So okay. it's very, very flat, very fast certified course. Um, it's in June. Uh, it can be a little warm sometimes, but if you want to run fast, uh, it is a place to do it. It's a five mile loop, which could be a little boring, but they have all the ultra distances, 50 K up to 24 hours. Um, and yeah, so I signed up and, and, you know, ran the 50 K 
And then two years later, I come back to run the hundred miler. Um, so had, yeah, a friend of mine that I learned to know, um, kind of knew about him, but didn't really know him until I got into running more. And I kind of reached out to him because I knew he had, had run a hundred miles. And so reached out to him and just, I was like, what do I need to know? I'm, I'm, I'm I want to do it. And so he helped me with some of the, some of the nutritional ideas, which looking back, um, I'm thankful that I have a pretty tough stomach because I did some pretty stupid things, but you know, it it was, what's so funny is you can sometimes do everything wrong and still get some pretty decent results. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I went from, you know, being a, a a three hour ish, you know, low three hour, I might've been a little under three hours at that time in the marathon to where, you know, I sign up for this and I did all right at the, at the 50 K and, and all right at the, the 50 mile distance. Um, and then I jumped up to the hundred miler and I can remember getting there that morning and just thinking, what am I doing here? Like (laughs) here I am about to tackle a hundred miles. And so, you know, the race started and I had this mentality, I'm thinking, okay, I'm pretty fast. Um, but I have no idea what I'm getting in for. Like I've run 50 miles. I'm going to double that today. And I, I think my 50 mile time, I, I forget now, but it was, it was like eight 30 or something. Um, but it was a trail race. And so I'm thinking, uh, double that and then add some more because this is flat, but that was trail, you know, I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, 18, 20 hours, which is a very respectable hundred mile time. I'm thinking that's possible. So let's like shoot for, you know, 18 to to 20, you know, for sure under 24, because that's the cutoff. I I knew I wanted to make it under 24, which is even a big, a big goal for, for anyone. Um, But I I knew, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm pretty fast, but anyhow, I get into it and I'm like, I have no idea how this day is going to go. Um, I assumed that I would run until I couldn't run and then I would walk. Um, so I got to, I want to say around 70, 80 miles and surprisingly held together really well, um, was still trotting along, like still running, hadn't started walking. And I believe it was around 90, 95, things started getting crazy. I started realizing I am like, just like killing this race. And I started getting excited, but I was also scared half to death because (laughs) my legs, like I would stop at the aid station to get loaded up with, with tailwind. And, you know, I would start drinking. And then when I go to go, I just couldn't go again. And like, I sat down in a chair because I thought I needed a little break and I couldn't get out of the chair. And I, I, that's when I freaked out because I'm like, I can't even stand. And and here I've run, you know, 90 miles and I can't stand like, what am I going to do with myself? So I had, I had my, my family there and they kind of helped me up and I'm like, just, I, I, what do I do? So I finally, I don't know. I, I stood there for a while and I, I went through uh, a stage of real, I don't know what you call it, real sudden hypothermia. Um, they, yeah. they dumped some cold water on me and I started shaking just like uncontrollably yeah. Somehow got somehow got things back together. They they changed my shirt, got a dry shirt on. I got going, and once I got going, I told myself I'm not going to stop again until I'm done. I just yeah. I realized I was grateful I got on my feet again, and I think I come through the last you know the last into the last five mile loop, and I remember seeing the clock and just being like I can't believe how low those numbers are, and 
like just that used that excitement. And I ran like hard the next, you know, the last lap, I think I was probably running a seven, seven thirty pace, whatever <laughs> yeah. for that last five miles actually dropped a, a couple of my brothers. They were, they were pacing with me. And, and anyhow, that was kind of, you know, when you're, when you're winning a race and, and you, the last thing you can do is drop your pacer. Well, that's, that's some extra motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyhow, come through the, the finish in like under 15 hours, which was, I, I didn't know anybody that had run a hundred miles that fast. Like it was a lot better than what I had thought I could do. Um, but I can remember being wrecked for like six months in the head, just like scared of what I had just done. Like, because yeah. I realized how, when you talked about talent, when you realize you have something, but, but when you have the hundred mile distance, um, there is something that haunts you about that, that like, do I really want to do what I'm good at? Like it, it was, it was a, it was a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, well, but since then I've, I've come to where, you know, I recover so much faster mentally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, looking, yeah, looking at it and I'm looking at, you know, your first one and, and I have it down here at 1456 and, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, my PR is a, a 1625 on a flat course in, in, uh, in Kansas. And I know what it, I know how that felt. And so, um, you know, I would imagine just, yeah, physically the, 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 the excitement, the, uh, you know, well, physically the, the pain, but mentally and, and emotionally, the excitement. I mean, you just went out there and crushed. Um, oh, I have to ask this. I didn't even look how, 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 what was second place this time? Do you remember? Um, I'm just curious. That's a good question. I believe Connie <laughs> Gardner. I believe. Con <laughs> yeah. I believe it was Connie Gardner. Um, and I believe she was 18, some 1830s or somewhere thereabouts. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was, I can remember that the guy who had, had kind of got me going into this Kendrick mullet and he's paced me a couple times since then. Um, a good friend of mine and he, yeah. And I remember he showed up and he, he was right racing the very next weekend. So he couldn't run very much with me, um, yeah. because he was, he was tapering, but I can remember it. He paced me around 70, 75. And I just remember the excitement when he told me, you know, I really looked up to him as somebody that, that really knew a lot about running. And he just, he was just shaking his head when we finished out the five mile loop. And he said, Arlen, you have no clue what potential you have. Mm. And I can remember just trying not to let that adrenaline get in my veins because you yeah. know, you can't get excited when you're like 30 miles from the finish line or you can wreck yourself. But yeah, like you said, the excitement and just the, the terror, I mean, the pain, like, I mean, I went straight to a chair and they had to carry me to my car. Like yeah. it, I was done. I had left it all out there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a, an amazing, you know, an amazing feeling no matter what. And to know that you, you went out there and did that. And so, I, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of neat to hear though, that you said you was in your head for about six months, just processing, like, what, is, what does this mean? What do I do with this? What's my next step? What do I, you know, um, especially, uh, especially it being your first one, you know, uh, and, and you had no, so did you, I mean, did you really have a, a strategy? Cause you, you said you were going in for like 18, but you weren't running any 18. Pace, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, it, being a three hour marathoner or two fifty or whatever I was at the time, yeah. I, you know, I had, I had trained at, I think an eight thirty to nine minute pace. 
okay. is what I was doing my long runs at, which was, you know, a minute or two, a mile slower than what I usually run my mm-hmm. long runs at. So, which was an excellent strategy yeah, um, yeah. because I was training below comfortable pace, which I think is where many elites really screw up is running, you know, way too many fast miles. Yeah. Um, and so that I actually looking back, I had trained myself for, you know, a, a, a really slow pace, but I was strong at that 839. And I don't know what I had. I don't have the data. I had yeah. drained two watches back in the day. You got to understand I was just getting started. I don't yeah. have the data, my splits. Um, but I know I ran through, you know, a little quick plan or plenty quick. I remember getting the 50 mile, but it, there again, it wasn't a dialed race. I just thought that, you know, if I got to 50 miles around seven, eight hours, whatever, and then, and then had to walk, like I thought that I'd have to walk the last 30 miles. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's kind of where, but yeah, I wasn't running. I definitely wasn't running a, a 10, 15 minute pace, whatever, like I was running faster than that, but I had just, I didn't realize I would be, end up being able to run the whole time, which was great, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it hurt. <laughs> so, so what was your, uh, I know you did some other races in between, but um, what, what was, what was it that made you pull the trigger on your next 100 mile? And, and what was it? Yeah, I waited a, a full year. Okay. Um, and then I signed up for the Mohican 100. Okay. Um, and it's there again, it's a huge story. Um, but I'll just, I'll just brush over it lightly. So it was a year later, I felt very ready mentally. Um, physically I had trained better, didn't do any hill training though. And it's, you know, a hilly race, um, didn't do any trail training other than a race or uh, 50 K or two. Um, so showed up and ended up, ended up, it was a stacked field. Like if, I don't know if you know about the Mohican 100, but it's, it's like an all-time favorite of mine. Um, had a super stacked field. Um, but we had, had, I would say the two top dogs ended up dropping halfway Mm -hmm. through the road race or, or a little over halfway, I think 65 and 75 miles. And when the field opened up, it was that same feeling that I had the the year before that, where I can't believe I am like leading this race. Like nobody knows me like people don't. Yeah. it, It was like, one of them moments. And I honestly, I came through the finish line feeling way better at that one. Like I come through, which is typical for a trail race. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. You probably know as, as well as anyone, a trail race, you come through and you feel fine. Yeah. Um, a, a flat hundred miler wrecks you. Especially <laughs> I mean, for me, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so anyhow, so that's kind of how that one went. Did I ran Okay. Um, it wasn't a course record or anything, but ended up winning the race and and it, it, whatever, it may have been the second fastest time on that course or something. I mean, it was a very respectable, uh, hundred miler and ended up signing. I I don't know how, uh, I talked myself into it, but four weeks later ended up running another one. Um, (laughs) and, and that one, that one wrecked me, um, physically, mentally, everything, yeah. But anyway, that's, that's that. So that was 2019 well, um, when I did my second and third hundred miler. Well, and, and we talked about learning, learning your, your, your limits and stuff. And and so, so you did Mohican hundred, of course, it's, it's a whole different animal because it's, it's not a loop course. It's, it's, tr- it's trail. And you did, uh, I'm looking at it what 17, 24, great time. You won it. And then, like you said, four weeks later, you do, canal corridor 100 and 
just crushed it. You know, you PR your hundred <laughs> my four four weeks later. Now, now there are some serial some people who can do serial one hundreds, uh, and you know they do them back to back to back, and and but not a lot of them are competing. Um, and I've done. I've done a, I've, I've, I've actually had my PR that was pretty close to my, to another hundred miler, but, um, but, but you went and did it and you, you, you crushed canal. Now canal corridor, tell me about that race because I'm, I'm not, I'm not familiar with a lot of the Ohio races and stuff. What's, is that, is that flat and fast and, and pavement? It is flat and fast. Um, did I mention the, the Eagle up altar, the one, the, my first one, it's not paved. It's towpath. Oh, it's towpath. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. So uh, Canal Corridor is actually uh, the same material. It's actually partially on the same course as the Eagle Up Ultra. Okay, Um, gotcha. But Canal Corridor is like an out and back most years. It's it's moved around, but it's always on the same trail. It's it's an out and back. Um, But yeah, flat, fast. Um, It it's been in July every year, so super hot. Like yeah. When I did the, what was it, right after Mohican, the Mohican, we had like record cold temperatures for, for that. It was like 72 for a high that day yeah. um, in June. And then for the Canal Corridor, it it hit 90 that day. Oh, man. So, like you can imagine on a flat course, like 90 degrees, what that, how that can wreck your body. Um, but yeah, I had some serious nutritional issues. Um, was hoping to break to, to, you know, break 14 hours. Um, and as you can see, I slid in a little short. I definitely ran the first half with plenty. I think I was, uh, six thirty six or eight or something like I was in plenty good time, but just the heat definitely wrecked me for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the heat, it, it, it does something to your stomach, you know, it already, already just hard to cool down. Yeah. And I, I don't know about, well, for me, it just, it's hard to to eat and keep things down and nutrition and everything else when it's really hot, you know? Yeah. And I feel super blessed um, to be able to do nu- nutrition the way I do. Um, and I can, I can, I don't have to eat like I can run a hundred miles without eating any solids, which is a big blessing because if it is hot, I yeah. can get away with, because I mean, when it's 90 degrees, you, you aren't going to find me eating a banana. Like <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so liquid being able to having the, the ability to go with just liquids is a, is a big blessing. Um, yeah. but even, even like I mentioned with canal corridor, it still wrecked my stomach, even, even though I was, you know, whatever, I, I made some mistakes, but yeah. What kind of liquid calories do, do you use or have you used? Or? Um, well, I'll start out with a couple mistakes. So the canal corridor, which, which I mentioned, I went with tailwind. That's what I had used for my first hundred miler. And it mm-hmm. surprisingly, it worked great. Um, but it turned my stomach into, uh, I don't want to describe it. Um, but anyway, I learned after that, I'm trying to think what would have been my next race after that. It would have been like a year later. Um, I learned that if, if I want to keep going for hours on end, I need to switch things up. Mm. So I found for me personally that I just buy about everything you can think of. And I have my crew switch it out in between age stations. So I'll go from tailwind to Gatorade to heed to, uh, you name it. Um, and then I always have a, 
a good old fashioned Coca-Cola yeah, um, <laughs> when I get close to the end. It takes me a little bit to get that down, but boy, there's nothing that, that uh, brightens your spirits up a little bit when you taste something that's uh, strangely familiar. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's getting something that tastes okay. Yeah. Um, if it doesn't taste good, it ain't going to sit well. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, for me, it's switching, switching different products out is, is the key for me. So you, you said earlier, and I heard on, on a previous, uh, podcast interview on, uh, on YouTube that you, you do pretty well without, without calories. Do you try to hit a certain amount of calories per hour? Or are you just, just kind of try to get in electrolytes and whatever you, you can, and then don't stress over it too much. I try not to stress over it too much. Um, okay. I try to like keep my brain at rest the best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems I, I know nutrition expert. Like it's so funny when people ask me for advice because I'm like, just because I'm successful does not mean that I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, what works it, for it, you. Isn't it? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And, and I know I'm a little more flexible with nutrition than most people, but I think I'm a little more of a fat burner. Um, so it seems like I can easily consume enough carbs to keep me fueled, but yeah, I don't have a certain amount of calories I'm trying to consume. I just usually know within three to five miles, I need to consume at least a hundred cat, you know, at least between one and 300 calories. I definitely don't want to take more than say three ish hundred calories in one shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as long as I keep it within and, and learning to listen to your body is the key too. for me, I can feel, boy, I can a bonk. I can feel it coming just like, like, you know, a needle in the thumb. I mean, and, and recognizing what you're feeling, you know, it, it's experience it, experience helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I feel it coming and then I know I need to, you know, ramp it up. If I start feeling too woozy, I know I got too much sugar in me. Um, But yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's very arbitrary for me. All right, we'd like to thank our sponsor, the Screaming Monkey 100. The Screaming Monkey 100 has become known as the preeminent race in North Louisiana. This event, located at the Monkey Trails mountain bike course near Shreveport, has 11 miles of challenging, hilly, and technical single track. The race director has included another 4.5 miles of perimeter logging road, gravel, and pavement to make it a varied and interesting 15.5-mile loop. Runners can choose a distance between 10K all the way up to 100 miles. Now, this race... It's nestled between an abandoned prison, a veteran cemetery, and a national chimpanzee sanctuary. How cool is that? You can hear the chimps caterwaul during the race. You can listen to the calming tones of the bells chime at the cemetery and run through the shadows of an abandoned guard tower. Totally awesome. The Screaming Monkey 100 can be found on ultrasignup.com. And listeners of this show who use the code, listen to the code, run the riot one, two, three, all one word, run the riot one, two, three, will enjoy the only discount available for this race. That's a 10% discount off their entry. Back to the show. Yeah. Well, and I see uh, the next year you went back and you did uh, Canal Corridor again, and and you broke your fourteen hours there. You did a a, a thirteen forty two and 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 won it again. Um, what was the difference, man? Just was is it just time? Is it was it uh, you know you just just fine tuning your craft? 
Yeah, definitely a lot of fine tuning. And one thing you won't find on there, and I don't know, I'm trying to think, I probably didn't mention it on any of the other podcasts, but the uh, there was a big uh, boost to my mental uh, state. So I signed up for Umstead 100 in 2020. And so I was trained for that when I just come off of an injury, was trained, ready to go. And then, you know, COVID come down and shut everything down. We couldn't run the race. And I, my, my buddy from, from Canal Fulton, uh, the, the race director I mentioned earlier, he dared me to run a hundred miles the day of that race that, that I was going to run that race. And I ended up running. So it's not, it's nothing official. Um, but you'll, if you look on Strava far enough back, you'll find a 1312. I did, I did find it because I heard mention uh, okay. of a Corona, a Corona solo hundred. Corona and, and 100, for, yes. Yeah. And I have a note here and I forgot to ask you about that one. So, so yeah. you, you went and, and, and ran a hundred miles solo, dude. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. So, so a little of my goal for that, like I had no clue where I was at, but I was confident that I learned a lot from the year before. So yeah. I had cool temperatures. I ran it uh, right up. I did a loop very similar to the Eagle Up Ultra Loop. Okay. Um, and I'll try to get through that one pretty quick. But I was just thinking, I dared a couple buddies to do it. And none of them made it 100 miles. But there was a couple other guys, one guy from, from uh, like Columbus area that gave it a shot. None of them made it a hundred miles, but just knowing that they were out there running a hundred miles that day made me feel a little bit more connected, but it was, yeah, crazy. A solo 100. I never, yeah, never thought I'd do anything crazy like that. But anyway, so I was thinking going into it, you know, I could likely break 13 hours or break 14 hours just, just off of the experience I gained in with cool temperatures, like on a very low effort. Um, and that's what happened. I ran eight minute pace thinking I would slow down, ended up like speeding up at the end and ended up running, you know, almost an hour under 14, which just blew me. It was one of those moments, kind of like my first hundred miler just blew my mind. I mean, here I am thinking, toying around, not really telling anyone, but thinking, you know, maybe 14 is, you know, wouldn't that be something if I could break 14 yeah. and here I go and run, you know, low 13s. So when I went into Canal Corridor, which was in July, I had, you know, way more confidence going into it. But with the heat, yeah, yeah. like yeah. my 1340 whatever was actually pretty, uh, uh, quite a letdown. Like I couldn't oh. have been more excited to win the race yeah, yeah. and, you know, reestablish that course record. But coming off of a 1312 and then, you know, stacking up against the most competitive field in ultra marathoning at the time, you know, coming out of COVID, this was like the first race to start up after COVID. It was yeah. like July. So it was kind of when things first started. And so we had a super stacked field. Um, and I thought we were all going to run, you know, super fast, but literally the heat just picked them off one at a time. Yeah. And I, I managed to somehow sneak the win, but yeah, it was an all right performance, but it was not one of those, whoa, that was fast kind of feelings. Um, and I had some major complications yeah. um, with a, a forced uh, bathroom stop at the at 95 miles and, and my oh, legs no. locked up after that. Yeah, like I was 95 in that, miles. That, 
Yeah. Striking distance. I've never, never died in striking distance of the finish, but there was just nothing I could do. It was, it felt so out of my control. Yeah. But yeah. So that one, that really kind of screwed up probably about 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned that you can't just throw your best effort out on a really hot day and expect to get the same results as it is a nice cool day. Well, and that's, that's um, one of the things I think, yeah. I think that we, that draws us to the, to the distance is there's so many, I mean, you can control so many things, but there's so many things you can't control. You can't control the weather. Um, you, you don't, you can't control your competition, how they're going to run. You, you know, you can't control who's going to drop, who's going to stick with it. You, you know, you can't control a lot of times what your stomach will do. You just got to react to it. You know, it's just, you can't control if you got, if you got to go, you got to go, man, you know, <laughs> mile 95, yeah. you know? So it's, it's Oh, just, I hear you. Yeah. That, that is the excitement of the sport. Yeah. I, I love, stacking up against a, a super, you know, legit field of guys and just not knowing because in ultra running, I mean, you can have the best guys in the world out there, but if you've got five of them out there that are really tough, you're going to have like two at the finish line yeah. that are going to run a decent time because yeah. like the numbers, they're just, they just fall. Like you're going to have uh, guys that are just going to fall by the, by the wayside. Um, yeah. And that's what's so exciting about it. You just never know what might happen. Um, I mean, the, whenever I competed in a competitive uh, field, like the guys just, just the field just diminished, yeah. um, which is very exciting. It's very uh, cool to be in the moment and fighting those, fighting those challenges yourself. Yeah. Cause you, you don't know when, when you're running hard, like, you know, like a lot of people, uh, like so some people yeah, would criticize Walmsley and stuff when he'd go for it, you know, for states course records and stuff, but it's like, and sometimes, I mean, when you're going at that effort level for that long, you just don't know if your, your wheels are going to fall off. You know, people are, you know, the attrition and it might, you, you might be next, you know? And so it's, that's kind of what's, I don't know. It's exciting and scary. And you just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep, I'm gonna keep pushing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, to, to come to bat for Walmsley, you know, his, his accomplishments are, are just, oh. you know, incredible. Oh yeah. Um, but I know, I know he has a, has a way of just going out, you know, front of the field. Um, and I'm not, I'm not that like, I find security in having five, six guys in front of me at the 50 mile mark. Like mm. I, that's more my style is to, to come up from behind and, and try to do a strong second half. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if the field's not loaded, like you'll find me out at the front running. I mean, guys accuse me for, for running out way too fast. Um, yeah. but you know, it's, it's really hard to negative split in a hundred miler. I mean, yeah. it is, I, I have yet to officially negative split. Um, my, my Corona 100 would be very close. If I didn't change my clothes at 53 miles, it would have been a negative split. Mm. But there again, it was in a non-race atmosphere. Right. Um, when you're in a race atmosphere, it's even way harder to negative split. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Back to your Corona 100 real quick. So what, uh, I, I looked at it really quick. I saw you kind of did a, a kind of a loop, uh, a skinny loop. Uh, you, did you, did you do it? Like some of us, when we were doing our crazy virtual stuff, just set you up an aid station and, and, and go to town with it. Is that, is that, is that what you did or. That's what I did. Exactly. I had a cooler with a whole bunch of, of, uh, goodies in it. And I did a 10 and a half mile loop 
Okay. And I stashed some water. Actually, my, my friend Eric helped me out. He stashed some water at the, the back end of it. So I had stuff to drink every five miles. Okay. And then I uh, stashed a few bottles at the two and a half mile mark. And like towards the end of the, the hundred mile, I started grabbing it, you know, at the two and a half mile mark. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome, man. I, um, to be able to get out the, the motivation factor, you know, to, to, to be able to run that, that speed, because when you got competition, when you got somebody on your tail or you're trying to catch somebody, there's that, there's that motivation there, but to have that, just have it in you to like, I'm just going to keep pushing and, and, and do that just you against the clock. That's, that's pretty awesome, man. That's, that's some, uh, God's put something in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, told you earlier about my lack of competitiveness. And I think that that's where something like that is actually can help you a lot. Um, yeah. I watch a lot of guys blow up just because they, they can't get that. They, they want to take the lead. They want to run well, you know, and it takes so much, it takes so much discipline to keep yourself from, from, you know, trying to be excited and run, you know, run hard when you're at 50 miles and you're still feeling good and you want to be, number one. Um, but yeah, I think that's where, where it really shows up is, is, uh, yeah. When nobody's watching, nobody's out there and you're, you're out all by yourself running. Um, that's when I think the true grit comes out and yeah, it was, it was a, a fun experience to be out there, but I can remember as I'm cranking this thing in at around 70 miles, I started getting excited because I'm like, dude, I'm looking at low 13s. Like yeah. this was not even in my wildest dreams. And I'm thinking, this is really stupid that this is not a race. <laughs> like, I wish this yeah. could be in the books. Yeah, I no mean, kidding, man. I, I could, I could die and like, <laughs> and, and, uh, no one would like ever know, like this would be unofficial. Like I could die after this and, <laughs> and I would be like an hour better than my, been better than my PR. And, and this was just, just me out here. And yeah, it was, it was an experience to, to be out there and, and, and do that. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm amazed by that. And then, and then, so I'm, I'm looking and, and the podcast that I listened to where you were talking to um, some of the other guys, you had just done the, um, what is it? The, the Tuscazor, um hundred. Yes. Yes. And, I did that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you one. want to hear more about that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want, you won that one. And that was, a. um, tell me about that, that race. Cause I evidently it must not be a flat and fast race because you won it, but you, but your time <laughs> wasn't like, um, I mean, it was, it's still a fast time, but it was like, <laughs> but, uh, not 13. <laughs> yeah. It's a very different race. Um, very aggressive, uh, I would say challenging, uh, trail race for part of it. Yeah. So we have, total it's a 25 mile loop um but it has an out and back on the towpath that's mixed in and so you end up with about 60 miles of trail and 40 miles towpath okay um ends up with uh 10,000 feet of vert total um but all that vert is in the 60 miles of trail so it's it's a the trail's pretty pretty aggressive the the towpath's very nice um yeah that one was just honestly, just to toughen my head up. I wanted to go out and run a, a race that, that nobody knew about. And I signed up last minute, uh, snuck in it. Um, and I, I would just want to tough my head, toughen my head up. 
run a race that wasn't that competitive just to see how much grit I had left. Nice. Um, and I got exactly what I wanted. Um, yeah. it was, yeah, it was a fun race. I had some like, yeah, the worst chafing issues I ever had was, oh, was man. at the Tuscazor. And I was kind of glad I, nobody, I mean, I did have a guy nipping at my heels pretty bad, but like I had a little time to deal with the chafing and I didn't have to like throw my all out effort on the, on the trail. Yeah. Um, and I was so glad to have that little bit of cushion, um, because yeah, if I, it, it would have been tough to deal with, with, you know, to just suck it up and, and take the pain, it, it would have been tough, but anyhow, so yeah, that was a, a quick story, but it was a fun race. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the, the one I wanted to really get to, and I, and then I'll have some other, some other questions for you, but, um, you signed up that two months after that. Tono Hill and Tono Hill is, is, is known for, for competitiveness, for, for flat and fast. And you broke 13, man. How, <laughs> tell me about, tell me about how that race unfolded, how it felt. I want I want to, I want to hear the, the gritty details, man. What was your goal? And, and, and yeah. And how did, how did it unfold? Yeah. That, that race is, is, I would say one of the highlights in my, my running career, um, for summer not in every way, but in some ways it was, um, obviously when you run 13 hours and 12 minutes at on a solo effort, um, you know, you like the very obvious question is, can, is it even feasible? Can a guy even do, you know, break 13 hours? I mean, just, weeks before that I'm dreaming of, of hitting that 14 hour mark. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at like, this would be stupid. This is one of those, one of those moments where it's like, it would be stupid not to try. So yeah. the obvious mark was 13 hours. I mean, that was so obvious. Yeah. Um, so I went into it, you know, and I was toying with 13 hours at, at canal corridor. And as you can see, I fell way short of that, um, earlier in the summer. So I did feel a lot more confident though in the fall based on my Corona 100 that with cool temperatures, I felt like if I had a, a good effort level, I could break 13. Um, definitely had some challenges at Tunnel Hill. Didn't, didn't have a perfect race, but it definitely went uh, pretty smooth. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what all you want to know about it, but I just can't describe the the uh, amount of effort that I put into that thing all day and like the, I think I ran through my, my 50 mile split plenty quick. It was a, you know, a super stacked field of yeah. guys and some close friends of mine that, that signed up for it and ran it. And they all ran out faster than I wanted to, but it was either run by yourself or run with the run with the lead pack. And so I ended up running. Yeah. Like, I think it was 619 at the 50 mile mark, which was, yeah, a little quicker than what I was hoping. But anyhow, I still didn't screw it up by running that fast. Like that's not what took me out, but yeah, from 70 on, it was just an absolute grind to try to stay within that margin. Um, I can remember a good, a good friend of mine, Zach Marin. Um, if you look him up, he's, he's out there. He's a, a big time ultra runner. Um, and he's, he's a local guy. And yeah, I remember catching him at 80 miles and just being like, it took all the grit I had to reel him in. 
And so I reeled him in and that was what kind of got me through that phase. I'm sure you've, you know, it when you're, I mean, you've, you've, I don't know if have you won a hundred mile or you've placed several times, like you're, you're, you're definitely up there, but that's that phase between say 60 and 80, where you're not that close to the finish line, but you hurt like you should be there. (laughs) Yeah. And like that phase was that, that phase where I caught Zach Marin um, was definitely the spot where I transitioned from, okay, I'm going to try to just focus on catching Zach now. And when I did, you know, I caught him and then you, you can't just catch a guy. You have to get out of sight of him. That way he doesn't think he can catch up again. You know, you don't want to, I don't know about you, but I don't pass the guy until I know I can leave him. Yep, like I'm yep. very careful about passing something. I don't want him to see me again <laughs> once I pass him. Yes. Like, I want to be an athlete. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So it was a great, the timing couldn't have been better because that's when I needed that shove. Yeah. Was he um, in third yeah. place at the time? He was in, he would have been in second, I believe. Yes. Okay, he would have okay, been in second, second place at okay, the time. Okay. And, and I would have been in third. Gotcha. So gotcha. when I, when I caught him, it was like, <clears throat> it gave me the, the, the boost that I needed to, to help me grind through that dead phase in the race. Yeah. Yeah. And once I got to 90, I remember getting there and just being absolutely shot. Just like, <clears throat> like the fire done burned out. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I was running hard to catch Zach and it wasn't like, you know, I, I mean, dude, I had been moving well all day. But that 13 hour mark was just so tight, like the margin, like, have you ever set a goal? And and when you got done, you realized your goal was perfect. Like it it never seemed to work out in the past for me to where my goal was perfect because I'm, I'm one to leave my goals aside and just kind of focus on putting my best effort out there. Yeah. Um, But there was a very obvious goal and it was 13 hours for this race. Yeah. And so when I got to 90 and, and things just looked too tight, like it just did not look like it could happen. And so I, I pushed hard and I'm like, okay, if I run 1301, big deal. Like I am going to put it all out there. 1301 is still a lot better than 1304. These are the thoughts that are going <laughs> yes. through my head. <clears throat> yeah. So, and I realized when I got the, and then I, and then there was some downhill, there's a little bit of a slow grade for about 10 I don't know, a 10 mile stretch or so. So about 90, I'm thinking, okay, there's a downhill stretch. Maybe I can run just a snip faster and keep it, squeak it under the 13. But I got into that and the legs weren't running any faster. I was still, I don't know exactly what pace, but I think I was eight minute flat pace, which is not 13 hour pace. But remember I had a a couple minutes in the bank at that point. And I'm looking at how much I'm losing like I was right on 13 hour pace and I'm calculating trying to do if math. Lose, while you're- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing math and I'm like 15 seconds a mile. If I lose that for the next 10 miles and I did the math and I'm like, that puts me at like 1302. Oh. And I'm like this, Oh, this is just like, you can't believe that you work all day long. And like, <laughs> you know how it is the grind just to keep going. And then, and then when your goal is just right beyond where you can reach. Like it's just out of striking distance. It's just a, a gut puncher, but you can't let that get you down. You got to stay in the fight, whether, whether you're, you know, think you can hit it or not. Yeah. Um, so kept, kept pushing and and got, uh, finally I, I connived a plan. 
And it was around 96 miles. And I thought, you know what? I, there's no way I can run fast enough now. But after the last aid station, which is three miles from the finish line, I'm going to drop my bottle at, you know, at the last aid station. And I am just going to dead sprint a seven minute pace. And I didn't know if the legs would do it or not, but yeah. I'm like, if I blow up, then it's not nearly as big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to give it a shot. So I get to the aid station. It was so funny. My crew that I have the, the best crew, my, my siblings do it for me nice. and they, they are so dialed like, okay. So it, just to tell you a little bit about my crew, like I had eight minutes of downtime at tunnel Hill in 13 hours. Yes. Wow. And that was mostly stretching. If that tells you how, how quick I come in and out of an aid station, that's incredible. But that tells you like, that's how you dial a race is, is, is every second making it count. So I come into the aid station and I, and my crew, I had my plan together and my crew said, you have to run faster than you've been for the last three. They said, you're so close. And it actually kind of, I was kind of irked. I'm like, <laughs> I've been making this plan this whole time. And now you just go and tell me my plan. Like get, get it was one of those moments, like just get out of my way. I'm not in a good mood. Like, so I'm like, yeah, I know. I know I'm that close. I, I told him I know. So I, I took off. I just quickly gulped some, whatever they had there. And I like tore out of there. And I don't think I hit seven minute pace. I looked back and according to Strava, I think I was clocking like seven fifteen for those last three miles Still ended up. Yeah. And, and anyway, anyway, that's 45 seconds a mile times yeah. three, you know, that, that equals some time yeah. um, ended up not knowing. And, you know, you're not always sure about exactly where the finish line's at. Nobody ends up with a hundred miles exactly on their watch at the finish line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up squeaking in just, you know, just under 13, which was just monumental for me. Well, um, you, you see, yeah, squeaking it's a great in, experience. you're talking about seconds <laughs> and stuff, but you, you did 1250, like almost three minutes. Yeah. So like, yeah, give yourself credit. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when the math falls in, in favor of your time. Like when you, when you math wrong, but yeah. it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that was, yeah, that was, it was actually a surprise. I, I thought it was going to be more like, you know, within seconds, I thought yeah. it was going to be a, a, a 13 or twelve fifty nine, but yeah. anyway i just yeah it, it was great to be to be there to to be to break that mark um yeah tell that, me about the feeling when you saw the clock and you realized you were going to break 13 like how did that feel yeah man? it it's a hard it's hard to describe it so tunnel hill you can see like two miles um okay. because it's so flat and fast but there's a gradual bend right before the finish line and i kept seeing a light and thinking that that's finished, you know, you know how your head plays with you. Okay. And then I remember there being a house and running by house, you know, it's dark out there. It's, it's dark in, in November at, at seven o'clock, it's dark. And so I run past and I'm, Oh, that's a house. And I keep running. <laughs> Finally, I seen, I seen another light, Oh, another house and just being let down and looking at my watch and just being like, I'm right there. Like it's gotta be here. And then seeing, and I remember those red, I'm sure, you know, those there's something about the red letters, the yeah. red or the red numbers that, that are bright. And when I seen those, I knew, I knew that was it. And yeah, it, it's, it's hard to describe what goes through a person when, 
you know, when he, when he hits his mark, but yeah, it, just the excitement, the, the satisfaction, um, thinking for so long during that race that I was going to slide out of that yeah. and then to actually make it happen was just like, yeah, a feeling that's hard to describe. That, that, that's a, that's a good, uh, just, just people to remember, like, don't give up. Like you said, don't give up. Keep, keep pushing, keep driving forward. And, you know, you might hit a low spot and you might need to slow down a little bit, but you never know what kind of kick you're going to have at the end. Like, so for anybody listening, like, you know, 715 for the last three miles, you know, roughly that's, that's crazy. And somebody else's 10 minute mile might be, you know, that might be their 715, you know, for the end there to squeak in, but it's just, just there's so like what blows my mind is I can, I can be really slow and dying at the end of a race, but I am not gonna, I'm going to sprint as fast as I can through any finish line. You know, I'm going to give it all I have, no matter where I am. And it, it blows my mind. Like, where did that come from? You know, and why couldn't I be doing that for the last five miles? You know, like, where does that, because physically nothing's changed. I mean, physically for your last three miles, you're, you're, I mean, you got to your aid station, you down some liquid and nothing really changed except your mindset and your plan and you gunned it. And so it's just kind of like, I don't know. It just makes you wonder like, well, what if I would have started trying to do that a little bit earlier, you know? <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah. And I always, you know, respect, I mean, I, I, I go out and, and win some of these races and, and, you know, I have, I have a good day, but like, I wish people knew the respect that I had for, for the mid packers in the back of the pack. Oh yeah. The guys that, the guys that put it all out there and, and maybe all they have is a 30 hour hundred miler. Yeah. But like the, the respect that I have for anyone that, that accomplishes something like that, or even, you know, to get out of, uh, of running um, for just a second here. Like I, I think of a, a guy from our church that just lost, like, I want to say it's maybe around 80 close to a hundred pounds and like the discipline that that takes. And like, I just admire anyone who, who tackles something of that size of that, that uh, something that's that hard to accomplish and and tackles it. Like whether it's running a hundred miles or whether it's, you know, running a a two thirty marathon or whatever you got, whether it's a a weight loss goal that you have. um, I admire people that, that leave it all out there. Guys that yeah. fall over at the finish line, you know, collapse at the finish line, whatever it is. I, I admire people that they give it all they have. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, and that's one of the things I did a post recently with some, some guys that I coach and um, about what they did this past weekend. And, and I tell everybody the running might not be for you or running ultras might not be for you. You might do five K's or whatever, but like we can all do hard things. And, and, and there's, and that's part of what we need to be. I don't know. It's fulfilling to set a goal, no matter what it is and, and work toward it, whether it be to run a, a sub 1300 mile, whether it be to crawl past, you know, right before the cutoff to finish a hundred mile, whatever it is, it's, you know, our, our 5k, whatever, man, don't, don't shortchange yourself, you know, um, you know, try set some goals and work, set a plan and work toward it. You know, I, I think it's, uh, and, and, you know, and seeing what, what the potential that you have, you know, and I, I'll, I'm, I'm older, I'm, I'm about to be 47 years old. 
I'm not going to run a 13 hour, uh, hundred mile. I don't think, unless God decides to zap me with some superhuman, whatever it's, it's just, it's not, but I, I, it, it, it inspires me to keep pushing even, it, even in my physical limitations and in my age to keep doing what I do. And, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And, and there's nothing, everybody, as long as you're pushing for your potential, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's awesome. You know? Yeah. I love watching people and, and, and pushing hard. I mean, I raced Olivier LeBlanc at the canal corridor and it was amazing to see the grip that that guy has. And, and he's, I want to say he's like 49 years old. I mean, that the guy is not, not young at yeah. all, but I mean, the effort that he has. Yeah. I just admire people that, that put it all out there. Um, yeah. And, and even for guys like you that, I mean, you said you run, you know, 16 something at the hundred mile distance. I mean, that's, that's crazy. You can win a ton of hundred milers at that effort, but yeah, yeah, I've watched people. I've been at the finish line when people came through literally under five minutes after the cutoff time and like the gut puncher that that must be like, yeah. I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine what that would be like to put out that kind of an effort literally you know, double of what I'm putting into it, maybe not in terms of effort level, but in terms of time being out on the course. Yeah. yeah. And then to let something like that slip by. I mean, it's the same goes for people that I've watched finish within five minutes of the cutoff time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and make their goal. Um, but yeah, I, I admire anyone who, who, uh, who leaves it all out there. <laughs> One of the coolest things I saw, I, uh, and, and I'm going to ask you about this cause you know, you, well, you probably know it's coming. I did Western States in 2018 and we were there at the, the, the magic hour at the end. And there was a guy sprinting like in that last minute and he finished, I, I want to say with like 30 seconds to spare. And it was like, you, everybody the stands it was pre-covid yeah. so you know everybody's out there just scooping <laughs> and hollering for this guy right before the, the the buckle ceremony and it was the coolest thing ever but like man i, I was so you know everybody was overjoyed for that guy you know because and he let it oh, yeah. all hang out there because he was sprinting at the end to finish and so uh so it, it's cool man that's what i love about our sport everybody's just everybody's doing their thing and giving their all and i i, I want to see i want to see my competitors succeed. You know, I want to race them. I want to beat them and I'm yeah, going to do what right. I can, but I want them, I want to beat them at their best, you know? So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, I've, I've raced in fields where, where they, where the, the elites fell apart, but yeah. I would much rather race somebody at their best. Um, yeah. I'd rather it be a, a, you know, within a minute finish line experience or, or whatever it is. Um, but you know what, uh, the, the, the God sends rain on the just and the unjust. And yep. you know what, if it's some, if somebody's having a bad day, um, I'm yeah. going to be back there and I'm going to be ready to, to execute yeah. my plan and put my best effort out there, no matter how they, no matter how they do, um, yeah. whether they blow up or not, like yeah. that's, that's part of the sport. That's what makes the anticipation so great. Yeah. And that's why you got to keep pushing. Cause you don't know what's going to happen, uh, ahead of you. And, you know, if you get, ah, oh, they're going to, you know, um, one of my, my recent races in February, I did the love it 100, uh, and, um, I placed second. Uh, and when I passed second place, 
I just kept pushing and, uh, you know, picked him off in the last little bit. He was having issues and kind of did what you said. He's not going to see me yeah. again. I was like, I just, I was, you know, and except for an out and back, he's not going to see me again. And, uh, and when he sees oh, me again, I'm going to be it. smiling. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh. oh, I love it. I love it. So how close were you to the finish line? Uh, this was, we were probably in the last, probably in the last 10 miles. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, and he, uh, actually when we, um, um, <laughs> we did a podcast on it and, uh, me and my pacer, who's my coach, we were running along and we, I saw a guy on the side of the trail and we just said, Hey, how's it going? You know, we're cruising along and feeling good and, you know, trying to move at a steady pace to pick off second place. And he, once we got a little past him, he said, that was the second place guys pacer. He oh. was off off on off trail somewhere taking care of something and i was like oh really oh and, and I, wow. I i was like he's not gonna see me again uh, that was that was that uh that push that i needed you know man i took off and yeah uh, you know just didn't see him and i think uh you know he he realized that i was still feeling really good and he was having a tough time he's he was a good guy and he ended up taking third place but uh uh i couldn't catch first you know just couldn't yeah. get him. <laughs> yeah trying. well that's that's why you got to put your best effort out there because right Right there, you didn't know that you were going to be able to catch second, but yeah. that's why you can't let up until you are at the finish line because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, I had a blow up at it's 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 funny how how this conversation's going, but I had a blow up at the Canal Corridor, you know, amongst the the most competitive field that I've ever lined up against, and like I said earlier, it was at, at ninety five miles, needed a bathroom break. Yeah. Um, and that, it really screwed me up because till I got done, my legs had locked up. And so not now I was in the lead at that point, but what most people don't realize. So I had started, you know, four minutes before Olivier LeBlanc and he was closing and I was about 15 minutes ahead at 95 miles. Oh. Well, I had a, I had a 22 minute mile off of uh, like, uh, like a 10 minute mile and then like a 22 minute mile. Um, so you do the math and that's some serious gap closing happening right there. Yeah. Um, man. but it was so I imperative that I got out of the aid station and took care of business <laughs> later on because he spent a bunch of time at that aid station at the 95 mile mark. Yeah. And he had no clue that I was blowing up right after that. Yeah. And so you never know what, what's happening. And I didn't know what was going on. I kept looking back, like I should be seeing this guy. And my yeah. pacer just kept, my pacer was, was gold. He yeah. just kept cracking jokes and telling me, you know what? You don't know he's hurting. He could be back there. He could be laying on the ground right now. He just kept encouraging me to make the best of every moment. Yeah. Um, and when we got, when we got done, we realized that Olivier was within four minutes of me, which Technically, the way the clock goes, he was within one minute of me. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> so then and what was so funny is, you know, he didn't know that he was that close to me. Yeah. And that's why he didn't give it his final kick. Mm. And I realized, thanks to my pacer and they in the communication, they told me that he was four minutes behind, which meant one minute behind. Yeah. And then I gave it my final kick at the la at the end, thinking that he is just coming in to, to, to take me. And I put like eight minutes on him then of chip time wow. in between like 97 and a hundred. So <laughs> that's crazy. There, there was this, there was this, it was very satisfying to do that, but 
just not like it's a it's a testament to to say never give up until it's over because yeah. you never know how the other guy's doing and yeah. what's going on. Like there were so many things in that race decisions that seemed small at the time, but when I got it all done, I needed every one of those decisions to be made in the correct way for the race to end the way it did. Yeah. Um, he was easily in striking distance, but because of the way, you know, circumstances went, um, I just kept out of reach of him the whole time. So it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's great when, when crazy things happen, that's when things, yeah, yeah. that's when, that's where stories are made. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good stuff, man. That's, that's awesome. Well, uh, and the reason I said what I said earlier was, well, I'm going to get to Western States in a second. Uh, let's let's I, 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 we got We got to touch on Umstead. Congratulations on on Umstead. Um, you 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 won. And uh, how did, did that one play out like you thought it would? It it uh, I went down there not knowing exactly like I was in good shape. I knew my fitness was there. Um, the weather forecast was looking really hot. Yeah. But I didn't know what I was capable of on that course. I had right. never run the course. Very excited about it. And yes, it played out very well for me. Um, I faced some serious challenges. Um, my watch screwed up on me. I had no clue what pace I was running. So oh. ended up running through the 50 mile way too quick. Um, so that screwed me up a little bit and then had a torrential downpour at like 82 miles. Mm. And at that point, I was still... I feel like in striking distance of the course record, which I didn't really know that I was capable of that and still don't know if that's possible or not, but it's neat to toy around with ideas like that. Yeah. Um, but then with the downpour, yeah, I cramped up pretty bad after my feet with the ad added weight. Um, yeah. There was just no way I could make it happen. Um, but yeah, I was so happy like with the effort, with with the the challenges i faced and then you know getting a, a 13 22 finish time like i i was couldn't have been happier i mean that was it was a great race and yeah to take the win i mean yeah that that race is always a super stacked field um yeah, yeah it was great i i had a great time a very enjoyable race um nice. had a lot of fun out there nice well are you going to, you trying to get into Western States? I know canal corridor and some of those are qualifiers, man. Or so are you going to try to lottery? Or are you going to try to race in one year or what? What are you going to do, man? I, I'm not sure. Western <laughs> States is one of those, you know, it's kind of like Boston. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't even, I haven't even been trying on the lottery and maybe oh, okay. I, I probably should. Um, and yeah, it's one of those bucket list races, but I actually have, you know, some more, uh, some other races on my, on my bucket list that are, that are probably going to take precedence over that one. What's your bucket um, list I, I'm just like, man, I want, I want to hear about. Your yeah. Bucket list. Okay. So like I, I tell everybody that, that, it, well, I like my, my local races too. I would like to, I have one more Ohio hundred miler that I haven't done. Okay. And then I will have, have done all the Ohio hundreds, but I'm not sure it might be 2022 or three till I get that one done just okay. the way things are, are lining up, but my, probably my biggest bucket list race is like the Badwater 135. Um, oh, that's, no. come on. That is just so intriguing to me. Um, yeah. Visited that place, uh, Death Valley back in February. And, and it's just so intriguing to me. I, it might not be, I'm, I might not be good at it. I, I don't know if I can run in 
120 degrees. I, I might DNF. Who knows? Yeah, but it's yeah. so intriguing to me. Like just because they call it the hardest foot race on earth. <laughs> yeah. And, and arguably it could, it may or may not be whatever. Yeah. But like that is just very intriguing to me. Um, also, I'd like to swing at the 24 hour distance. Um, okay. The 24 hour distance, I could see that happening before the end of the year. Um, I definitely want to get on a fast, a fast uh, course and just see what. I'm capable of in the 24 hour distance. Like it, like so a, there's uh, some bucket lists. <laughs> like, like what, what type of a 24 hour, like a, a mile loop or like a track 24 hour, what you think? Um, I, I'm toying around right now with the idea of, of six days in the dome. Oh, um, sweet. so which would be, yeah, tough, but very runnable, very fast. Um, it sounds kind of cool to go run a race in July where the temperature, you know, is going to be 55 degrees. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, it's not set in stone yet or possibly desert solicitous. Um, I, let me think here. It's, uh, Mohican is, is in June. Um, I think it's four weeks before, before, uh, six days in the dome. So I think I could stack a race that that soon afterwards, I know I could stack one four weeks after Umstead as fast as I'm recovering. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to plan my year out, but I'm, I'm thinking about those races. Yeah. Nice. So you, 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 you're, you're crushing these, these, these races and, Oh, do you prefer like, um, I mean, what, what about like a, like really technical trail? Do you, do you enjoy running on technical trail or do you see yourself trying to do some more like mountain ultras or anything like that? Just to see how, see how you do on those. Yeah, I definitely love trails. Um, they are, they are my favorite. Uh, I, I enjoy, there's nothing I enjoy more than like, you know, going down to the Mohican state park and, and running 30 miles. I just, yeah. I love that. Um, I love competing on trails, but honestly, I, I'm not exactly sure how much talent I have on trails, technical trails. I, I know it's, I know it's there. Um, I just don't have a ton of experience yet. Yeah, yeah. And I think when I look at other ultra runners, I'm seeing that it takes a special talent to be able to run a flat 100 miler fast. Yeah. Like I think it takes talent to run technical, mm -hmm. but when I, the way I feel after a hundred miles on the flat, it's, it's like running 200 miles on trails. I mean, it just yeah. beats you to death. <laughs> and I think actually the talent is more in running flat than it is in running a trail or hills. Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoy those. It's just sometimes those flat ones trying to, you know, put a, a fast time in the bank, um, yeah. for many, for many different reasons, I end up signing up for the flat ones, but yeah, I love the trails. I definitely yeah. have those, those, those are my favorite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and of course, I mean, with you running, you know, as fast as you, you are, and you're still, you're still, a, I mean, you're, you're a young guy, um, you know, <laughs> and you haven't been doing it like super long, you know, so you've got, I, I, I'm, I'll be watching to see, you know, <laughs> 
you know, see that, that, that 1257 maybe go down or at just as, as you develop, as you, as you learn, as your body grows and all that. And uh, I don't know, I can't help but think about like, you know, Zach Bitter, he does, you know, of course, Zach Bitter is just uh, a ninja and he does pretty, he does well. I mean, he does really well on, on um, uh, mountain ultras too, but he's, his bread and butter is the flat and fast. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll be curious to just see how you, how you continue to develop and, and, uh, I don't know, sky's the limit, man. That's it's, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is fun. Just to comment on that. It is fun being, you know, 28 years old, uh, really almost too young to be, to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and knowing that, you know, prime usually hits, after at least 10 years of, of, of a sport, um, and putting me at, you know, in my, in my low thirties, which is where, you know, where the potential's at and, and looking at the, the, you know, my times are, are definitely falling Mm -hmm. as, as I, as age, as I age. Um, so it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, I, I love being, being 28 and knocking on 29 and thinking about, you know, till I'm wondering, you know, what'll be happening when I'm 31, 32. Uh, It's great. So you, you, uh, you're working right now. You're, you work full time and what do you, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, my, I work for my brother, uh, we run an excavating business. So it's, it's a family business. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm working outside. We're yeah. Super busy right now. We've had a drought. And so the weather conditions have been, we've been able to work a lot, a lot more than usual in April. So yeah, it's a very hands-on job. Unlike a lot of ultra runners. Um, well, that was, that was going to be like, okay. So you, you, I mean the potential and, and you, have you, I mean, considered, you know, trying to, trying to make this the thing, getting on social media and, and, and <laughs> get some sponsors or, I mean, have you been approached or anything like that? I, I've had a lot of, a lot of people inquire and even, you know, even had whatever, um, toyed around with, with those ideas. Um, but you notice I don't have social media and it's, 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 I guess for me, it's, it's sad for me to see what social media has done to our society. And I know that it's not all bad. It's not like, it's not like it's all bad, yeah. but for me personally to go out there and try to be that, that big time, the guy on social media, that's making a living doing that. Like, not that I, that I would think it's wrong to do that, but I'm just not sure. Like, I don't want to create a fake mm-hmm. me. Like, yeah. I don't want to put something out there that is not true to my character. Yeah. And so that's kind of what has kept me from, yeah, pursuing that. Not that I never would, but for right now, it's like, I just, I want to be real. You know, yeah. I want to be the guy that, that, you know, what you got when you're talking to me, you know, who I am. Have you ever like met, knew somebody on social media and then met them in person? <laughs> and like, it, it was a completely different person yep. or, or have you been around people that post things on social media and like on social media, it looks like they were having a blast, but you were there and they weren't like, they weren't having any fun at all. And there's so much like it can create, it's so easy to be a fake these days. 
Um, and so that's, and unfortunately like social media is your, your bread and butter for these, for these guys that are making a living doing what, I mean, it it would be so fun to, to make a living doing what I'm doing, doing what I love. Yeah. Um, but I have to, I have to, I have to do what's right and what is true to my character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I it's, this is, this is interesting and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but the, one of the things that, that, that I find interesting is that there are, like you said, there are a lot of people who are, their social media is not their real life, but there have been a lot of, um, I've become friends with with some of the, some elites, some, uh, some people who, who are maybe not uh, up there, you know, and they, they portray themselves as they are, you know, and because they're, they're, there's some of that, you know, and they're just like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And, and, and they're real active and, and I've gotten to know them because of that. So, so, but I, I, and I, I'm just, I'm like you, man. I don't like when, when people just, just, they put all the fake out there and, you know, and I like to, I make sure I put, I don't sort like sometimes I'll have a, a terrible run, a terrible rate. Even on the podcast, I had a I had a DNF for Moab. I did the Moab 240, crashed and burned. And I, I do we do a podcast, I, like a race report podcast. I talked about everything that went wrong and every, you know, like here, here's what I did. This was stupid. Here's what how I DNF'd. And so I try to be try to be real, you know, and and here's you uh-huh. know, when, when things go well, when things don't go well, let's just put it all out there because people relate to that. It's it's real. I want to encourage people and know that it's okay to fail, but you got to keep moving, you know, keep trying, get back up and try again. Um, and so um, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I understand that, but uh I, I don't know. You can be real too, I think. Yeah. So keep, keep that <laughs> yeah, in mind. And it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, you know, I said, I said earlier on, it's, it's not like there's something wrong with, yeah, yeah. with that. It, it's, it's, it's what you do with it. Exactly. Um, it's like anything, but, it can be good and bad, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so that being said, I like to, and I ask this to, to, to everybody from, from backpack, mid pack. Uh, guys who are crushing it out there. Um, what shoes are you wearing? And this is, this is not, not that you're endorsing them or anything. I just want to know what, what's working for you. What are you wearing? Yeah. Out there, man? Well, it, well, this is the, this is the great part because uh, since I don't have any sponsors, I can say whatever I want. That's you know? right. That's right. Um, like, like, you know, I, I, I've been a Garmin guy. I have a Garmin watch. I know you asked about, about my shoes, but you know, when, yeah. when my, when my Garmin screwed up my, <laughs> my race, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not one to just, you know, blab and, and make big excuses, but I mean, that's, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. and it, 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 you know, but when it comes to shoes to, to answer your question, um, I'm a Hoka guy. Uh, okay. I started out in ASICs, a friend of mine that got me into my first marathon and whatever, he was an ASICs guy. And I used those for years. I bought a pair of Hoka's and just didn't feel good in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went a year or two and I decided to try it again and I loved them. And so, yeah, the hook of Clifton's and the Bondi's and whatever, I, I have my ways of doing it. Not that it's right, but that's the way I do it. So I buy a pair of Hoka, the Bondi's and the Clifton's and I switch them out every other run. So, yeah. and put about five, 600 miles on, on uh, each pair and, and ditch them. Uh, for racing the carbon X, I definitely like those for my flat 100 milers, okay. um, which is kind of my, 
as you say, you know, bread and butter. Um, so yeah, I, lo- I love the, I, I, whatever I like hope is I'm not like, I'm not like not so over them, but yeah, that's, that's just what, <laughs> that's what I like. It's what works good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I noticed, um, I usually like to ask about like packing stuff, but you're, you're a handheld kind of guy, right? Yeah, I have yet to, Hmm. Let me think here. I have yet to put a pack on for a race. Okay. I've done it for some training runs. Yeah. And, and I know it's sooner or later, uh, I'm going to do it. In fact, Mohican, depending on which course they do it on, it's very likely I will for part of the race. Um, but yeah, I, I go pretty light. I rely, like I talked, mentioned my crew earlier. Yeah. I rely very heavily on them. They are, they are 100% responsible for my fast times. Um, nice. I couldn't do it without the way I, I go through aid stations and don't waste any time, but get what I need. Mm. Um, it couldn't happen that efficiently without a crew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, um, I, I, I thank you for, for joining me. I'm, I'll be really curious to see, you know, uh, watch you as, as, as the future unfolds. And, uh, I, Honestly, because you're not on social media, one of the reasons I reached out to you is because I just it's like I want to I want to get to know that guy, you know, <laughs> just see kind of see uh-huh. what see what you were about, see what you were doing, and uh, I, I like what I like what you're doing. Uh, it looks like you've got a a great work ethic um, as far as working and and training. How many how many uh, miles are you putting in a week normally for your your peak week for a race? Um, it's changed a bit as I've learned how to deal with injuries, but um, I'm last year I was peaking out around a hundred a week. Okay. Um, it looks like I'm hitting more like one ten and being okay. I'm trying to take baby steps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm peaking out around, around one ten. Nice. Nice. Well, um, well, keep up the good work, man. And, uh, I I'll be following you on Strava cause that's where you are <laughs> and, yeah. and, and watching your ultra sign up to see what pops up on there. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's interesting that you've, that you've mentioned social media and even, even Strava, because it's amazing to me how, you know, I, I dared step out on a limb and, and get Strava. And it is, it is interesting to me how God has used that to get me connected with people that mm. needed to hear about him. And it is, it is very unique. And it's just the way God works that he, you know, he can, he doesn't let these barriers get in people's way, you know, get in the way of, of accomplishing his purposes. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Different people have reached out to me, whether on Strava or, or that's where we learn to know each other and have no clue how they knew about my faith in God. But, for somehow they knew somehow they found out and you know when when uh when life got to a crunch uh guess you know guess what happened they they knew uh they knew they needed help and and that's what's great about it is that we can use it to to glorify god and and to accomplish his purposes so that's what i i I sent a message to my pastor the other day about uh just an email i got something similar somebody reached out and uh i said you know God can use the, the, the ridiculousness of running long distances for his glory and to reach people and to encourage others. And that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feel, it definitely, you know, so much of running can become, can make us become cynical. And I find it is so much more enjoyable 
when you feel like you're doing it for a greater purpose than yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what it's all about is, is, you know, serving God. And if he, if he wants you to run, if he wants you to run ultras, uh, to do that. Yeah. Well, well, keep doing it, man. Keep giving God the glory and, uh, and don't, don't, but, and you, you don't seem that to be the kind of guy, but don't limit what he can do in and through you and, uh, where he wants you to go, man. Just keep, keep, keep mining that potential he's got in you. Yeah. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me on. I, I appreciate the, you reaching out to me and I, yeah, I've enjoyed learning to know you very much. Well, I appreciate you taking time, man. And, uh, like I said, I'll be watching. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Take care, brother. 